0: Okay. Good morning again, guys. Thanks for being in church today. If I haven't met you, my name is Mitchell. I'm the lead pastor here, and uh, we'd love to meet you at the service. Uh, there's a little connect booth right outside those doors, so come say hi after the service. Got my buddy Tima with me here. He just dedicated a little child to the Lord, but uh, I'm going to in just a second have him share just a brief little testimony, but I got a really fun announcement of something that we are doing church-wide starting November 1st, and we wanted to give you several weeks to prepare yourself, all right? So, we are doing our first ever as a church body, but not first ever for some individuals. We are doing a church-wide media fast. Wow. I wish you guys would have seen your faces. You're like, huh? What? The world can't function without that. I'm just kidding. So, hey, um, I'll share a little bit. You'll see up here uh, just kind of our vision statement, disconnect to reconnect, with God, with his word, and with his people. Now, let me say a couple disclaimers before I share this, and then Tima shares an experience or testimony he had from doing one of these. We at Antioch Community Church do not believe that media is evil. Just want to make sure that's clear at the front end. We have a church Instagram, for example, and we use it, and we have a person on staff doing media. Um, And so we don't think at all it's bad, and in fact, there's a lot of redeemable qualities about media, and God could totally use it for his glory. However, we're also clear that, unfortunately, when we stare at this too much, like, it can have negative effects on our lives. And we want to be a people that can have self-control, but also know how to use it for God's glory and for our benefit. And one of the ways that we can do that is having just periods of time every now and then to pull back, to disconnect, so that we can ensure that we are connecting with the Lord, connecting with His Word and connecting with his people. You know, on, on this thing, there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of teachings. There's a lot of voices uh, that you can hear. Uh, but we just want to make sure that the loudest voice and opinion we are hearing is God's <laughs> through his word. And you can do both, of course, and, and hear God's word, and he can be the, the top voice while still being on media and stuff. But just these little moments and windows of time where we do intentionally pull back, it really helps us just recenter and reconnect and refocus. So Tima did one of these, I don't know how long ago, a couple years ago, or maybe, yeah, I don't know. I'll let him tell a story, but it really impacted him and his wife significantly, so I'm gonna have him testify about that. Give it up for Tima.
1: Yeah, hello, my name's Tima. Um, So my wife and I, well, we were engaged at the time, but the two months leading up to our wedding, I was living here, she was living in Texas, and I was like, hey, Let's fast for our wedding. How do we want to do this? So those last two months, we were like, all right, we're going to give up all media. And the scripture that I pulled this from kind of was our vision was Psalms 101. And this is David saying, he says, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me, and I will know nothing of evil. And so leading up to our wedding, I said, all right, let's get rid of everything that is worthless before our eyes. And there's a lot of useless distractions from our phone. And that summer was, it was hard, but it was really, really beneficial because instead of me making my food and watching a YouTube video, I would literally just be like, there's nothing to turn to. I'm going to turn to my Bible. I'm going to FaceTime my fiance and I'm going to work out and I really feel like we were very very intentional with our mind and like the things we were ingesting like we weren't ingesting worthless things and i truly believe like our, our wedding day was a powerful ceremony people encountered god it was a m- magical moment and i truly believe that was fruit of our fasting of us giving everything clearing our mind being intentional and just see seeing the lord move so we are really thankful it was awesome. It was powerful.
0: Awesome. Hey, give it up for team again. Thanks for sharing, man. That's awesome. Cool. So good. I was at that wedding. It was powerful. It was awesome. Um, so just be thinking about this over the next couple weeks. Um, and we've got some material that we'll give you guys to help you and, and kind of guide you along the process. But we really are looking forward to a really intentional time in November and studying the Word of God and and having some specific things to pray for as a church body. So I encourage you to consider uh, jumping in and doing this. You've got several weeks to think about it, okay? Uh, And then one more thing, uh, it's kind of connected to the series I started um, last week, and I'm going to continue today, but we mentioned this a couple weekends ago at our conference World Mandate, but we are going to be taking several mission trips this summer. And uh, we are finalizing those details of where and exactly when. And I think there's a slide, maybe. Um, if you are interested in missions, what you literally could do right now as I'm talking is you can pull out your phone and you go to that website and you scroll down just a little bit. There's a little form you can click on. If you are interested in missions this summer, going with us to Antioch, we're going to be going a few places overseas. We're going to be going a stateside trip and uh, some are going to be geared more towards families, some towards college, young adult. But we would love for you guys to perfectly consider jumping in and joining uh, with us this summer uh, in missions around the world to partner with what God's doing around the world. All right, so if you're interested and you haven't filled out that form yet, you can literally pull out your phone while I'm talking and fill that out. Okay, but now let's get started with the message today. You guys ready? Okay, so I uh, started last week a series that I'm titling, Therefore, Go. And it's taken from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Let me read it. It says, Then Jesus came to them, his disciples, and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Everybody say, Therefore go. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what this is is commonly referred to as the Great Commission. This is recorded in in different ways in all the Gospels and also in the book of Acts. This commission, this mandate, this calling that Jesus gave to his followers was to take this message of the Gospel into all of the world and make disciples. And last week, I spent a long time just unpacking this and talking a little bit about it, but in summary, here was my plea to us as a family, as a church family, is let's engage. Let's engage with this great commission. Let's lean in to participate in seeing what Jesus said thousands of years ago actually come to pass, instead of the opposite, which is kind of lean back, sit back, and just hope that the Great Commission happens. We are people that lean in. We lean in to the story, so to speak, of God that he's been writing for thousands of years. I I, uh, did a little compare-contrast with the story that God's been writing the last couple years, and maybe the story of kind of our American cultural, kind of American dream type mindset that we add God to. Let me just recap that one more time. In summary, God has been initiating reconciliation with the earth for thousands of years. It's been his heart from the very beginning, Genesis 1-1, and it is his heart to the end, Revelation 22, is that he wants to have a relationship with his people. And the way that that message of reconciliation is uh, carried throughout the, world is, throughout the world is through his people. Saying yes. The reason you and I are here today and follow Jesus is because 12 guys took that really seriously 2,000 years ago. If they did not take it seriously, the gospel would not have spread as much as it has today. And so us, 2,000 years later, I want to say yes. I'm going to jump into that story, participate as much as I can, and help see that fulfilled. Versus the other story that maybe we're more familiar with is kind of the ultimate priority and purpose of my life is to be the be the most blessed by God I can, to have the most wonderful, comfortable, peaceful life as long as I honor God in the process. Now, here's what's true about that is God loves you, and he blesses you. Anybody thankful for the blessings of God? Should you feel bad for being blessed by God? No. Say it again confidently. No. You're so blessed. I'm so blessed. But God's primary purpose and goal for our life is not to just be the most comfortable we can, but it's to engage in his mission, his story, because the most full life any of us are going to live is a life right in the middle of God's will for us, which he's made really clear. (laughs) Go and make disciples. And so my plea to us was how, you know, just that question to be asking, how does my life clearly align with helping the Great Commission be fulfilled? Is that even part of my process in thinking about how I want to live my life is seeing the Great Commission fulfilled. It's challenging, it's convicting, because I don't know about you guys, but I like comfort. (laughs) I like my life being easy. The weeks that feel easy, I'm like, yes, do it again, Lord. But the reality is, that's not not reality. Um, And I'd rather have my life be a little more uncomfortable than I I would prefer, as long as I'm actually being purposeful and committed and obedient to the commands of the Lord. So I'm inviting us in, and honestly, this is like our... Church's heart and our vision, our mission. Uh, several people from out of town here this morning are just new, but just a reminder, guys, what, what is my heart as lead pastor of this church? What is the heart of our staff? I want you to encounter God so powerfully by being a part of this church family. I want Jesus to be more real to you than you thought possible, to walk with Him daily, to love Him and honor Him in your life, to have close-knit relationship with him, to your life to be transformed, also being a part of a community that's gonna sharpen you and challenge you and keep moving you forward. But on top of that personal transformation that we're experiencing in the nearness of God's presence, unapologetically, I also want God to train and send hundreds of people from our church out into the world to go make disciples and preach the gospel and see his kingdom come. Unapologetically. I would love for many of you not to live here 10 years from now because you're making disciples in the Middle East, in North Africa, in Asia, all over the world, following the Lord's command. Now, are all of you going to go and move overseas? Yes. Just kidding. <laughs> no, not all of you, but some of you, yes. In, in fact, my prayer is that an unusual amount would from this church family. Why? Because we're trying to prove something? Because we're trying to... De- No, because we're so gripped by what we just read that we're gonna let the Lord take over our life and say, whatever you want from me, I'll go. And I believe he will speak to some of you and say, I'm calling you to go be a light and be a witness in this city, in this nation. Some of you, he's gonna clarify it. It's here in Northwest Arkansas, but in your workplace, you're not just there to get the next raise. You're not just there to be blessed. You are there to be a light and to be a witness for the gospel, amen? So that's what we're inviting you guys into. So like I said, not all of us are gonna move overseas, but I believe all of us are supposed to engage in this Great Commission. But the big question is how? How do I engage in this thing? So there's a phrase, three-word phrase, really simple, there's a slide up here, I showed you last week. It's a three-word phrase that we use a lot, and it's pray, give, and go. Keep that up there just for a little bit. So pray, give, and go. If you're wondering how do I engage in the Great Commission, how do I lean into this and participate? Well, we pray for people to be saved. Whether that's family or coworkers, we pray for unreached people groups all over the world to be reached for the gospel. We pray for missionaries to be sent out, churches to be planted, and we pray for the Great Commission to be fulfilled. We pray. We give. We are one of the most blessed and most wealthy nations in the world. And what if God got a hold of our, our hearts in such a way that we were willing to be so generous? That we give to not only our own efforts, but we give to the efforts of seeing the Great Commission fulfilled. If there's mission trips being sent out, if there's missionaries moving overseas, if there's things in our city that we can give to that are actually going to lead to people having a chance to hear the gospel, what if we freely and generously gave to that? That's a way we can participate. And then lastly, we go. And I like to say it this way. We go here, we go there, and we go everywhere. We go. When opportunities arise, when you're going to the restaurant this afternoon for lunch, you're going not with a pressure, but with a sense of openness to be used by God to minister to somebody. You don't have to, but what if hundreds of waitresses and waiters this afternoon got prayed over. I've heard this said before by someone in that realm of restaurants that one of the most stressful times to work is Sunday afternoon. That is not good (laughs) because all of our, you know, church people are so hangry that they're just, because the pastor went super long. Uh, (laughs) let Let it not be so among us that we would go ready to serve those that are serving us, ready to Ask, hey, is there anything I can pray for you for? Is there any way I can bless you? That we go here, we go there, we go everywhere locally, to our workplace, our neighborhoods. If you're a college student, to your classmates, just having a missional mindset everywhere we go. When there's mission trip opportunities that we make, we, we don't initially check out because, you know, that's not for me, but we're, like, open. You don't have to go every time, but unapologetically, I would love for every person in our church body to at least go once on a mission trip overseas, It'll radically transform your perspective of your life when you see the Jesus we sing about with all this great, this, these enclosed walls and these speakers when the same Jesus is worshiped and you feel his presence in the middle of the Middle East. It's amazing. <laughs> he's the same God. He's so glorious and he's so good. So I want to be a people that go. Now last week, I talked about how we don't want to just go, but we want to go with the right heart and the right spirit, the right attitude. And there's two things we looked at in the life of Jesus from Matthew 9 and that was, he looked at this crowd. He said he was moved with compassion. Everybody say compassion. compassion. And then before he told his disciples to go, he said, therefore, pray. Pray. So we want to be, as we go, we want to be motivated by compassion, but we want to be fueled by prayer as we go and as we make disciples. Amen? All right, now this week. There we go. That's my intro. This week, what are we talking about? This week, you're going you're gonna to need to brace yourself. Some of you, this is going to make you feel so uncomfortable. Woo! Go ahead, and loosen up real quick. Loosen up, roll those shoulders a little bit. Look at your neighbor and say you might be uncomfortable. Go ahead, just tell them. Some of you guys are gonna love this, and some of you will not. But here's here's what today is, and honestly, it's not a big. In my opinion, it's not that big of a deal. I think this is one of the ways I'm gonna do this this morning is maybe one of the ways we should do church more often. But this is gonna be less like a teaching, and this is gonna be more like a training and equipping. Okay, so what I'm going to do, what I mean by that is I'm going to share a couple things and then you're going to practice it with a neighbor and I'm going to equip you. Now, listen, this is like part of my hope as a leader of this church is that you don't come here to watch worshipers and just listen to a teacher. That's not those are elements of how we do church and it's elements of how they did church in the early church. Literally, in Acts chapter 20, Paul is preaching for hours, and a guy is in the third story, and he falls asleep, falls down, dies. Paul's like, oh, snap, I went long. (laughs) He goes and prays over him, and he raises from the dead. This is Acts chapter 20. Just read it on your own, okay? Um, And then, after the miracle, he keeps preaching for six more hours. (laughs) I'm not kidding. So they went until about midnight. This guy dies. He's like, oh, okay. Lord Jesus have mercy. He raises up and then it says he went till about uh, the first watch of the morning, about six in the morning. Ridiculous. All right, so we'll get out of here by about four o'clock. Uh, we'll be good. All right, but, but um, Ephesians 4 verse 12, this is like a key verse for us as I think about how I want Sundays to feel like and be like and just our heart as a church staff, Ephesians 4, 12, it talks about different, the, the five-fold ministry is what some people would call it, but different leadership roles within the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and it, here's what it says, you can put that verse up, here's their, their role, is to equip the saints, everybody say saints. saints, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So the role of the leaders within the church is not just to have it, have it be them-centered, But it's to equip the saints. Now, by saints, don't think this like this holy picture of a halo of you know Saint Paul. Just that's not what we're talking about. Saints is literally the called out ones, the holy, the the believers, those that have been saved, called out of this world, brought in the kingdom of God. That's what saints are. And our job is to equip the saints, the people of God, for the work of ministry. Not just a select few to do the ministry, but for the saints, the people of God, to do ministry. And the fruit of that is it builds up the body of Christ. It goes on to say the unity of the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, a strong and mature church. So when you are equipped, and this is what I want. I want us to be such a strong, built up, healthy church. <laughs> when, when it's just you come to listen to one or a few people, it makes the body a little more weak because you're just relying on one or two people. But when all of you are equipped, when all of you are empowered to go live this walk with Jesus out, it strengthens us. How many of you guys want to be a part of a strong church family, church body? I do. And so this is part of that process. In fact, I'd say it's the only way is that we are really taking this seriously and that you guys allow us to equip you in a sense and we walk this out. So that's what we're doing. And what am I going to equip you guys in? What am I going to train you in? I'm going to equip you and train you in your favorite topic, sharing your faith. So I'm going to equip you today. Who's excited? Come on. In your most uncomfortable uh, spiritual discipline of all time. Sharing your faith with others, I'm going to equip you and train you in how to do that. One of the biggest hurdles I hear in actually us sharing our faith on a consistent basis is fear. But that fear is usually rooted in this thought of, I just don't know how to share my faith. Well, I'm going to teach you how. If you would like to hold on to that excuse, when I'm about to pray in a second, it'll be a good time to leave. Because I'm going to equip you how to share your faith. And you won't have that excuse anymore, at least before the Lord, okay? So when I pray, and everybody close your eyes. If you need to sneak out, go for it. But I, if you're hungry, I think you are. I'm going to train you. We're going to practice it. It's no pressure, but I think this will be really helpful for us if you want to be a people that take the Great Commission seriously and take it out of these doors. All right? You ready to pray? All right. Doors are open. Lord, uh, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence. And Lord, help us in the midst of... Any of us feeling uncomfortable or in the midst of just we think about our life and the trajectory of our life god would you just give us grace this morning to say yes even if it's uncomfortable to to be a part of what you're doing in the earth you are moving you are working there is no pandemic that can stop what you're doing there is no political crisis that can stop what you're doing in the earth there's nothing that can stop the spread of the gospel and disciples being made And here we are, Lord, your people. In a crazy time in human history, we say yes, and we want to be a part of what you're doing in the earth, of spreading the gospel, making disciples, and seeing your kingdom come. So Lord, help us, equip us, train us, teach us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So here's how I'm going to start. I'm going to start by, again, sharing your faith. What I mean by that is like literally talking to other people about Jesus. All right? So first, let me talk about some lead-ins. Like how to start conversations. Because some of you, when you think of sharing your faith, you picture a guy on the street corner holding up a sign, yelling at people, you're going to hell. That is not what we're talking about when we're talking about sharing our faith. We're not talking about getting up in people's business and being all intense and weird and crazy. Okay? That's not what we're talking about. Okay? What I want to talk about is how to be a normal human being. (laughs) Okay? That's your one takeaway today. Please receive it. Um, And how to... Just be a little bit more relational and intentional with people around you, okay? And here is um, here's how it starts. It's so profound, I know. It starts with just teaching yourself and training yourself to say hi to people. Literally, that's how it starts if you want to learn to share your faith. Just say hi. Let's practice. Look at somebody next to you and just say, hi, how you doing? Okay, one for one. All right, that's pretty good. One for one. Okay. Now, it's, you know, just anything. And not every conversation you have, and I've struggled with this over the years, and God's helping me. It's like not every conversation you have is going to lead to this amazing conversation about Jesus. But if you teach yourself to be intentional and engage with the people around you, you will probably have more opportunities to share your faith. Because someone will say, hi, thanks for saying hi to me. No one usually does that. And then who knows where the Lord can take it from there. Okay, just be intentional. Say, hey, how you doing? How was your weekend? Just talk with people. Now, another big question that people often have is how do you make, how do you turn a small talk conversation into something spiritual? Okay. Now, if you are trying to your hardest to make it a super smooth transition and you just took something they said how was your weekend it was great i love the sun it was so bright and you're like i like i like the sun too (laughs) they're like cool like no 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 the the sun oh ever heard of him he's bright he's shining anyways Duh. It's just if you do that, great. Literally, one time I did this in an outreach. I, I don't know what the example was. It wasn't the sun thing, but it was super cheesy. And it, I got to pray over and bless somebody. They never came to church, but I, it was a seed that was sown. Lord, use it, please. Um, okay, but here, here's a here's a, a t- a tool, okay, that I've used that is helpful when I'm having a small talk conversation to kind of transition it into something about Jesus. Is I say this little phrase: "Is hey, this might sound crazy, but." That, after that phrase, hey, this might sound crazy, but you literally can say anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this might sound crazy, but here's a couple examples. Is there anything I can pray for you about? I love God and I believe He answers prayers. Anything you need prayer for? Hey, this might sound crazy, but do you know about Jesus? Have you ever heard what He did for you? Hey, this might sound crazy, but do you know God? Is He a part of your life? Those are a couple examples, and who knows what the response might be. I've heard a lot of different responses over the years. Some are like, sure, yeah, you can pray for this. I mean, Beth and I have done this so many times on dates at a, at a restaurant. We ask our waiter or waitress um, as they are bringing the food or whatever. We're about to pray over our meal, and we're like, hey, this might sound crazy, but we're about to pray over our food. Is there anything we can pray for you about? And sometimes it's like really simple. Like, sure, pray for my mom. She's in the hospital. But there's been a few handful of times where the waitress just starts bawling immediately. Because she feels so loved, so seen by God, and she's been really struggling. And we got to minister and pray for her. It's just amazing. We've done that lots of times, and that's maybe happened two or three times. <laughs> and, but, but there's people out there that, that need what you carry and need what you have. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to practice this. I want you to say hi. on like 10 seconds of a small talk conversation, how you doing? And then one of you try this phrase. Hey, this might sound crazy, but can I pray for you? Or do you know anything about Jesus? All right, go, go ahead, have fun. (laughs) Do it, I'm serious, try it. Just try it. (laughs) Try it. Come on, try it. Now switch, switch. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Hopefully you tried. Some of you tried. All right, back up here, back up here. Here we go. We're going to keep rolling. How many of you guys, your partner, like, role-played and, like, answered the question really seriously? Anybody? Yeah, awesome. Way to go. No, I don't want prayer. Thank you. Get out of my face. Okay. Shh. Here we go. Let's keep going. So how was that? Was it awkward? What are some other words? I said somebody shook their head. No, it's fine. Any best? D- depending on the person you're talking to and how you're feeling that day, it'll feel really awkward or it'll feel really smooth and it'll be great. And I just want you to know, like, just because something feels a certain way doesn't make it right or wrong. We are We are trying to be intentional to share our faith with others and the Lord is so pleased. <laughs> and so whether it feels uncomfortable or not, or if someone's receptive or not, that doesn't determine whether or not it's right or wrong, or that it's good to do or not. Um, It's just, we're being faithful to sow these little seeds and give people opportunity to respond to the Lord. All right, but here's what I'm going to do. We talked about lead-ins and how to make a conversation spiritual, but I'm going to talk about three different ways to share your faith. Now, there are a variety of different ways, more than three ways to share your faith, and here's my encouragement, is um, just be open to different tools that you can have in your tool tool belt. Uh, don't put so much pressure on yourself that you have to get the right one down, but you probably will land with one that is a little bit more natural for you. Another comment as I share these three is, there, again, there are multiple different ways to share your faith. My encouragement is like, don't criticize one of them just because you don't like it. Okay, here's an example. A lot of people have some beef with gospel tracks. Like, oh, they're no, they're not relational. They're so old school. Listen, you would not have a pastor unless God used that gospel track in my life. I literally was handed a gospel track by somebody. I read it in, as a junior in high school in my study hall class period. I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit and knew I needed Jesus. Three days later, I went to church and got saved. So God can use any method he wants. So don't hate on some. Just let's be open. You're going to find one that works better for you. Uh, but let's just be open to all these tools. So here are the three things I'm going to talk about today. Okay, there's a slide up here that has all three of them. One is like a clear gospel presentation. Second one is sharing your testimony, and I mean like the 60-second version of your testimony. And the third one is the power of God, which I'll explain in a second. The power of God is working in all of these different things because it's only the Spirit of God that can convict of sin. But I'm gonna explain what I mean by seeing his power on display as a way to open up somebody to the gospel and to Jesus, okay? So let's talk about this first one, gospel presentation, okay? So there's um, nothing worse than somebody like, talking with you, and then you ask them if they want to know about Jesus, and they're like, yes, please tell me, how shall I be saved? (laughs) And you don't know what to say. (laughs) Like, what's the gospel? Oh, snap, Mitchell. (laughs) Don't do that. I will not answer the phone, actually, probably. I want to share with you a little simple four-part way that helps with a little ring to it that helps me remember some key points of the gospel, okay? So it'll be up here on the screen, Okay, so in summary, here's the gospel. You got it? There it is. Okay, God, it starts with God's intention, then sin's separation. Take a picture of this. We'll write this down. It's fine. Then, then Jesus' invitation, and then our participation. Okay, let me explain this. This just helps me kind of keep it a little more organized in my brain if I'm feeling nervous and stumbling. So God's intention. Here, here's what I mean by that: is when God created the world, he created it for his glory, and when he created us, he created us for his glory, but also for relationship with him. His intention, his original intention is for us to have relationship with him, living God. But sin separated us from that relationship with God. And all of us have sinned. It's not just Adam and Eve, but literally all of us have sinned. And sin in Isaiah talks about how sin separates us from God. Romans three talks about this as well, separates us from God. And there is nothing we can do to mend that separation because all of us have sinned. And we can never do enough good to make up for that sin. So therefore, God sent Jesus. And Jesus gave us a great invitation. He not only lived a perfect life, it was the perfect lamb of God that was slain, but he died on the cross to take the punishment of our sin. And he rose from the dead, confirming that he truly is the son of God. And he defeated sin, he defeated the power of death. And he invites us in through that death and resurrection back into relationship with God. And there's this last part, our participation. What Jesus did, that invitation goes out to everybody, but we're going to have to decide how to participate. And there's two ways that we can decide. You can decide to reject what Jesus has done and say, No, he's not the Son of God. No, I don't believe it. No, nope, I don't believe in this thing. No, no, nope, no. Nope. Or you will receive it and believe it. And say, I believe he is the Son of God. I believe that he took away the sins of the world and my sins personally. And I will put my faith and trust in him. You guys track with those four things? Pretty simple? Great. So this is a way to present the gospel. Now, Let me show you uh, in Acts chapter 2 real quick, just uh, a way that Paul kind of did bits and pieces of this. This is Acts chapter 2. This is right after the Holy Spirit falls, the first time the church is being birthed. Here's what happens in, and here's one of the ways that Peter, I don't know if I said Paul a second ago, but Peter communicates the gospel. Chapter 2, verse 36 through 41. He says, Let the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Isn't that awesome? The start of the church there. It's amazing. Paul mentions different things about God. And he's talking to the people of Israel, so there's a lot of context there. But he clearly communicates Jesus was crucified for them and raised from the dead. And that if you put your faith in him, you can be forgiven and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want you to notice verse 40. If you can put that up there again. It also says this little phrase. With many other words, he bore witness. Here's what stood out to me with that. There's a lot of other things that Peter apparently said in this quote-unquote gospel presentation. And my takeaway from that is it's not about saying the perfect words. There's literally words that Peter said in this, this holy moment that the Bible left out so that we wouldn't try to just copy and paste. But we need to know some main points, okay, God's intention, separation, Jesus' invitation, our participation in it. And when we communicate this with a right heart and the spirit of God is there, it will lead to conviction of sin and people will come to the Lord. It's amazing. So here's what I want us to do. You got those four things, God's intention, sin separation, Jesus invitation, and our participation. You're about to practice this and you're going to share it with somebody and you're going to try in like 30 to 60 seconds or less, share the gospel. Okay. I'm, go ahead. Yeah. Keep those up there. The point, just to be clear, is not for you to have to say these words. Hey, did you guys know that God has intentions for you? You know, like, you don't have to do that, but I'll leave that up there if you get lost. But just in 30 seconds-ish, turn to somebody that you came with and just try to communicate with them a simple gospel presentation. Okay? Ready? Go. Go for it. Try it. Okay,
1: go ahead and wrap up your
0: conversation. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, anybody just give their hearts to the Lord? A few of you did? Awesome. Hey, I'm actually serious. If I, as I'm going through this and I'm explaining the gospel and you're sitting in this room, you're like, Oh, I don't even know if I've actually like chosen to give Jesus my life, then just I'm so glad you're here. But like respond to that conviction and tell somebody you came with or after the service, I'll be at the some of our leaders will be at the Connect booth outside, just come stop and say, Hey, I want I need to give my life to the Lord. And so if that's you, just come talk to us. It's amazing that you're here. Perfect Sunday to come to. Is that you get saved and you learn how to share the gospel <laughs> the same day. It's awesome. It's awesome, really. Okay, so let me go on to this um, next one, sharing your testimony. And um, again, this is not like your twenty-minute life story because most of the time, and unless you're sitting across the table from somebody having lunch or coffee, you don't have that much time to share, and people don't want to give you that much time, even if you try to take it. And so, we want to learn how to share our testimony in just sixty-ish seconds. Short little snapshots, because what God has done in you, no one can deny. It doesn't mean that they will believe it. A lot of people have told me, oh, that's great for you, but, but there is no defense against what God has done in you. Like, no one can deny that. Some can try to pick apart the gospel and this and that and the other and try to uh, pick apart the Bible, but uh, none of it works, by the way. But with this, this, your testimony is powerful, and no matter what your testimony is, I want you to know it's powerful, and it's given to you by God. And He did not make a mistake. Some of you feel like I don't have that great of a testimony. Ooh, don't say that, because <laughs> you are dishonoring God. Okay, He saved you. He had mercy on you. He gave you a story on purpose, and God will use your story to impact other people's lives. Okay, sorry, I said that kind of rude, but just uh, I'll give you a hug. But just, please don't say that again. Okay, your testimony. Here's what I mean. I break it up into kind of three different parts. What what your life was like before Jesus. What was it like when you met Jesus or encountered Jesus the first time? And then what changed after you met Jesus, okay? What changed in your life? What, what, um, did, what, what did God do? What did God break off? How is your life different after meeting Jesus? Okay, I had an example. You can write this reference down in, in Acts chapter 22. Let me just reference it because it's kind of long. And Paul is communicating really the gospel, but he's, t- he's sharing his testimony with this group of people. He's talking about how God radically encountered, oh, he talks about how he used to persecute the church, Then Jesus knocked him off his horse, and then he started preaching the gospel and baptizing people. He shared his testimony in a similar manner like this. It's really, really powerful to see. And now, also in Acts 22, uh, the people that were listening got really mad at Paul. So just keep that in mind. Some people might not like, uh, really, actually, here's what they got mad at. Not his testimony, but at the implications of his testimony. Because through his testimony, he was implying that Jesus is the only way of salvation, and that that salvation is not just for the Jews, but for the Greeks or the Gentiles as well. And that's what triggered the religious people there. Like, no. And they stoned him. So anyways, just keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> Here's an example of mine uh, real quick. Okay. and uh, Actually, go ahead and put uh, the example uh, of my uh, testimony there. I think we have it. But I put like two or three bullet points under each of these things um, that... Really simply summarize my testimony. Okay, so before Jesus, I went to church a lot, but I was very far from God, and I was very bound to sin, and I had a lot of hidden sin in my life, okay? Most would have said, oh, Mitchell's a great kid, but I had a lot of junk going on, on the inside that I did a good job of hiding. Okay, meeting Jesus, I went to church with a girl. Hey, just part of my story, Okay. <laughs> I followed a girl to church, okay? But it just so happened that I heard the gospel really clearly, and I was convicted. This was a couple days after I got that gospel track, and I responded. I felt the conviction of the Lord, and I knew I needed Jesus. It was one of those moments where I raised my hand up. I was like, I need to give my life to Jesus, and something really impacted me that day. And after that day, that was in, what was it, about uh, March of 2005, uh, my life started rapidly changing, Anything from just my parents would ask me to do some chores. And instead of blowing up at them because I wanted to watch TV, I was like serving them joyfully. And I'm like, what happened to you? <laughs> what cult did you join? It's actually what they said uh, or thought. And but I started desiring God. I was reading my Bible. That's, again, why my parents were so confused. I was reading my Bible. I was like praying in my room. I was jumping and dancing in my room. They're like, what is that going on up there? Mitchell's weird. Um, but then I started getting a lot of freedom from the things I was bound to had several years of addiction to sexual sin and through giving my heart to the lord and letting him in and helping me and healing me he restored me and broke the chains that i'd carried for so long and i experienced his freedom it was amazing and i had to tell people like this is awesome jesus is real and he's alive if you let him in and so that is uh, a snapshot of my testimony and so here's what i want you guys to do and if you can put some music on in just a second not rap but like just something a little softer Uh, That can make us think about the beauty of the gospel, okay? Um, I want you to do something like this, like draw it out, or if you have your phone, make three little sections on your phone, and literally just take a minute and a half and try to think of just two or three bullet points in each of these categories of what was your life like before Jesus, when did you really get to know him, meet him, even if it was when you were a child. Like, that is powerful that your, your parents would raise you up in a house that fears the Lord. And so write those, th- whatever it is, and then after Jesus, what, is, what has changed, what's impacted you now that you follow Jesus? So go ahead and um, start jotting something down. Ready, set, Go. Oh my- Okay, you guys go ahead and wrap up. Hopefully you got a couple bullet points in some of those categories. For the sake of time, I won't have you uh, turn and share that with somebody right now, but I would encourage you to try that or practice it, even just if you're by yourself, just like how would you communicate these things you're writing down with somebody. Um, But this is awesome. Your testimony, again, is powerful, and it's not an accident that you have the testimony that you have. Okay, anybody thankful for the testimony you have that Jesus saved you? (laughs) Me too. Okay, let's um, move on to this last one here that I want to talk about, and it's the power of God. Everybody, say "power of God." Power of God. Okay, do you guys believe that our God is powerful, yes. or is He uh, limited in any in any way? No. Okay, this is actually really important to, to think about. It's a silly question, but uh, most of our children would say it a certain way, uh, but sometimes as we get older, we say it a different way. But uh, Jesus said we need to be like children. Uh, And here's a way to simply phrase it differently: is like we need to believe that our God can do anything. He is powerful. Okay, he's he's gonna stay true to him, his character and his word. But he is a God of power, Uh, and I'm thankful to serve a powerful God. And so, when I talk about um, the power of God as a means of sharing your faith, here's a list of a couple things that we see in Scripture: okay, healings, prophetic words. Words of knowledge, other miracles, the use of spiritual gifts. There's a list of um, 12 spiritual gifts in First Corinthians chapter 12 that talks about this. If you don't know what a prophetic word is, it's just receiving some sort of insight from God about something about someone or about the future. And then words of knowledge is, is a little bit different, but pretty similar. But it's a specific piece of information that God gives you that you shouldn't have about someone. You share that in such a way that encourages them that God is real and God is alive and God knows them. Okay? And I say other miracles because as you read through the book of Acts, it's just like, huh, what? Like, you should not read through the book of Acts and ever think, wow, this church is so normal, <laughs> okay? <laughs> There's just some pretty profound things that the Lord does, and it, let that put us in awe of him, and let that just cause us to believe that God is really big <laughs> and really mighty. He can do anything. But here is... Um, an example from Acts chapter 3, okay, in verse 1. Now, let me, let me, again, I just read the end of chapter 2, towards the end of chapter 2. This is when the church is like birth. it started. The power of the Holy Spirit falls. 3,000 people get saved and baptized. And then from 42 to 47, it talks about how they met together in homes and in temple courts. And they were a vibrant community centered on Jesus. Here is chapter 3, verse 1. The very first example in Acts of the people of God going out and quote-unquote sharing their faith. Okay, It's just important to me that, wow, this is the first example mentioned in Scripture. Okay, Look at what it says. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk, and entering the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to them. Isn't that an awesome story? <laughs> I love the response of the people that are seeing this happen, is they were filled with wonder and amazement at God. And I just want to reiterate something again. Is it, it didn't say, and the people took out all of the Torahs in the Old Testament, and they immediately created a doctrine about what just happened. Bear with me on this, because now we're so sophisticated and so smart here, and you know, 2021 in the church. You have got a lot of great people with great degrees, and we can like decide in our own intellect a certain a couple different things. One of the things is that, well, okay, I know why this happened at this time because God, blah 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 blah, and this doesn't happen anymore today. But let me show you another side. Well, yeah, this is exactly what God does every single time, and this is now the um, the tool for evangelism you walk up to anybody with the cast on and you say in the name of jesus now there is walk walk." (laughs) that's what you're supposed to do now i want to comment on both of these things okay and it's like a, a almost a warning okay so for those of you that maybe don't believe that god does this anymore i just my encouragement i guess is let's just be careful to not limit god's ability to do whatever he wants to do at whatever time in human history But the other side of this is for those of you that do believe that God still does this today, and in fact, you have seen him do it, and in fact, even he's used you to do some of this stuff, here's my, I guess, warning, is please do not look down on those that don't know if this is true or not, and please do not puff yourself up because God worked through you. That is dangerous ground to walk on. And I just want us to have a healthy heart as we approach this topic of the power of God. Because it is a fearful thing that God Almighty would use a weak human being to release his power through. And if this stuff is real, you need to make sure you're walking in with a lot of humility because this can mess you up. You start to think that you did it. You start to think that you're the anointed one. You're the... You don't want to go that road. We're going to be a humble church. Amen? But we're also going to believe in the power of God. And we're gonna trust that he can do whatever he wants to do. I I remember this story, uh, I think it was sophomore or junior year of college. And I, uh, well, let me back up. A year after I got saved, I went to a retreat with my youth group. And there's a guy here that I think maybe was there. And I had uh, fractured my ankle a couple days before this retreat. And um, they prayed over me at this retreat. And I was like on crutches for a couple days. And at the end of that Saturday night, after they prayed over me, it wasn't immediate, but about an hour later, I was, like, putting some weight on it. I was, like, okay, that doesn't hurt too bad. And then I started, like, jumping, and I got healed, miraculously. I was jumping and dancing on an ankle that I had fractured three days before. And that's really when I started to believe that God can still do this today, (laughs) honestly. Like, I kind of believe that because I see it in scripture, but like, when it happens to you, it can mess up your thoughts <laughs> and your beliefs. And then you, like, open scripture and, you're like, oh, duh, <laughs> it's all over there. Um, and then I remember uh, trying to practice this and pray for people. And, you know, I've prayed for several people maybe that were sick or injured and believed God for a miracle. And I've seen a lot of unanswered prayer with that, but I've seen a lot of other people encouraged and touched. Uh, But one time, there was this electrician that came to my house, it was sophomore or junior year of college, and before he came, um, I was just praying for God to touch him and encounter him, and um, and then he came, and he was fixing something, and then I started small talking with him, and I had just had some friends come to town that really believed in this stuff, and like were encouraged me to pray for healing for folks, and then I'm talking here in his story, and he talks about how he had this injury on his shoulder because of a skateboarding accident, and unfortunately, my initial response when he said, yeah, my shoulder injured real quick, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> That's what I said to him <laughs> because I knew what I was going to pray. Uh, but he didn't know that. He's like, okay, cool. And, and so then I explained. and said, hey, man, this is crazy, but can I – hey, there, there's that phrase. Hey, this is crazy, but can I pray for you? I believe that God can do anything. He can do miracles. Can I pray for you? And he's like, oh, sure. And so I put my hand on his shoulder, and I began to pray for him. And his elbow is also hurting, too. So I prayed a 10-second prayer. I asked the Lord to heal him. And I was like, how do you feel? (laughs) He's like, my elbow feels fine, but my shoulder is still hurting a little bit. And he said, look, put your finger right here. And every time I go around, you'll hear it pop. (laughs) And so I was like, okay. And so he did. And I felt it. And it was popping. And I was like, okay, let me just try again. I said, can I pray for you one more time? He said, yes. So I prayed for him again, a little 10-second prayer. And then I said, how do you feel? He's like, Oh, dude, no way. No way. Dude. Dude. <laughs> he's like freaking out. And I was like, what? I'm freaking out. I'm probably more. And he said, put your hand right here. The popping went away. I put my fingers there. The popping went away. I was like, whoa. Awesome. And I was like, dude, you know who did this to you? Jesus. This is Jesus. And I told him, I shared a little bit of a fumbled message of the gospel and said, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And he's like, yeah, I need Jesus. <laughs> so I prayed for him. He receives the Lord. And then I was just feeling real bold that day. And I was like, hey, do you, you can't live this life by yourself. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, do you want it? He's like, yeah. So I pray for him to, <laughs> to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the funniest part of the story. I'm just like, Lord, touch him with the power. Fill him with your spirit, God. He needs you to walk this life. And after I pray, I say amen. He's like, he was going like this. He's like, dude, this is weird. I've never had a guy make me feel this warm before. What is this thing? <laughs> I feel like heat on my chest. And I was like, dude, that is the presence of God touching you. This, this has happened once in my life. And I've prayed for lots of people. So I'm not saying this happens every day, but I remember it significantly. And this guy, he needed healing, and he got healed. He needed salvation, and he got saved. I get my Bible. And, um, and he needed the power of the Holy Spirit, and he received it. And just one little, you know, just Mitchell as a sophomore or junior, very unimpressive man. Okay? And I just want you to know, like, as we are faithful to try to walk this stuff out, God might surprise us sometimes. And I think He's maybe just looking for His people to step out in boldness to just see what He might do. And so that's a testimony to build your faith, but also to give you an opportunity to think about what could this look like? How, if I can just minister. And if, I, if He would have, I would have prayed over Him, He would not have been healed. I still, I think He would have had a good, pleasant interaction that was encouraging. So at least do that, okay? But we don't come in the name of niceness. We come in the name of Jesus, and his name has power, okay? Now, please be nice. It's better to be nice than a jerk, okay? So whatever you're doing, be nice, be kind, be loving, but we serve a God that has power to do these things. And there's an interesting story. Write this reference down in Acts chapter 9, and we're, we're almost done here, but Acts chapter 9, you see this really intriguing story of uh, right after Paul uh, had that encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus, he uh, there's this guy named Ananias that's praying, and the Lord tells Ananias, like, uh, maybe seven or eight very, very specific things to Ananias, um, such as, hey, there's a street name over here at a certain house, and there's a guy by the name of Paul. Here's where he's from. Here's what he's doing. He explained, the, the Lord explained a vision that Paul had had, and he gave um, direction on what to do when he got to Saul. So, Ananias is praying and talking to God, and the Lord gives him all these details about a guy he's never met. And so, that's Acts chapter 9. Just a, a method that some people have used that kind of helps us at least take a step of faith and trying to see the power of God on display is, like, before you go out to evangelize or before you go out and share your faith, spending some time in prayer and saying, Lord, is there anything specific that you want me to look for or any certain person or anything to look for? Some people would call that treasure hunting Some people would call it something else, but just getting some sort of direction from the Lord. I've done this a few times, and some random things pop into my mind, and I go ahead and write them all down, and nine out of ten things I might not see, but there was this one time I wrote a specific name down, and I'm at this uh, little festival, and I interact with a guy in a booth that had the same name that I wrote down. I was like, I think I'm supposed to talk to you. (laughs) So I talked to him about the Lord. It's just really cool to involve the Lord in our process of trying to share the gospel with people because he cares about these people so much, and he knows everybody. All right, so here's how I want to close out um, this service. Band, go ahead and... Uh, actually, Ben, you can stay right you are. I'm going to close the service a little bit different. It's 11.42. All right. So before 4 p.m., you're welcome. Uh, I want to uh, just pray over us a couple things, and I want to also open up just to, for some of you guys to receive prayer. So I just talked about the power of God. We believe God is powerful, and we don't force him to do anything, but we believe he can. And I want to pray for anybody that needs healing uh, in their body, and let's just... Give God an opportunity to do it and see what he does. So um, in just a second, I'm going to ask if you want to receive prayer, if you have some sort of sickness or ailment and you want to receive prayer for healing, no matter if it's minor or major, then we would love to pray over you. Um, But also what I want to do is, uh, Kelly, could you put up Acts 4, 29 to 31? I want to pray over all of us. This prayer that I am taking from Acts chapter 4, it's a prayer that the early church prayed right after they were doing some outreach. They had received some persecution, and they came back and gathered together, and here's what they prayed. They said, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Isn't that awesome? Sounds like a powerful prayer meeting, praying for The name of Jesus to be exalted, for God to do miracles. And it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The place was shaken. Literally the house they were meeting in was shaken and they were all filled with the Spirit of God and filled with boldness. And what I wanna do and pray over all of us is that last thing, that we would be filled with the Spirit of God and we'd be filled with boldness because it will require some boldness for us to step out in faith and practice some of these things I talked about today. And we can't just do it in our own ability or gifting or charisma or whatever. We need the power of God. And we need his boldness on our lives. Amen? And I want to just pray that we would receive that today. All right? So here's what we're going to do. Go ahead and stand on up to your feet. Actually, Victor, why don't you just come up here and you can just play the guitar behind me. How about that? So here we go. Um, first, again, this requires some boldness, and you don't have to receive prayer if you don't want it. So just if you don't want to raise your hand, go for it. But don't, you don't have to do it. But if you want to receive prayer for some healing, you've got something going on in your body, then you want to at least give the Lord an opportunity to heal you. Will you just shoot up your hand real quick? Just raise it up. There's one right here in the front, a couple over here, several over here. Okay, so keep your hand. keep your hand up real high. Uh, if there is, here's what it's going to look like in just a second. If there's people around you um, that um, have your hand, their hand up, all you're going to do is you're just going to put a hand on their shoulder. If you feel comfortable doing it, if you don't want to pray over people, that's fine. But put a hand on their shoulder, and you're just going to ask them real quick, hey, how can I pray for you? If you have your hand up and you don't really want to share, then that's fine. Just say, you know, just pray for me. That's also great well, but we want to believe for God to just show up and bring healing and do what he wants to do. Alright, sound good? So keep your hand up, and if there's somebody next to you, around you with their hand up, just put a hand on their shoulder real quick. If nobody is around you, that's okay. Just agree together with these prayers of everybody that is that are here. And I'm going to close it out in just a second, but go ahead and ask what these folks need prayer for. Keep your hand up until somebody puts a hand on your shoulder, okay? There's still a few others right up here in the front row. if you, know, you can go over here. Anybody else still need someone praying over them? Okay, if you're not around anybody, just right where you are, literally, you can just close your eyes, and you can just say, God, would you be God right now, and would you heal these people? Everybody else, start praying over these folks that need some healing. Go ahead and start praying right now, guys. Ahead and stay stay right where you are y'all can go ahead and open your eyes sorry to interrupt your prayer you I'm doing awesome so is anybody that's receiving prayer did you do you feel anything different do you feel like something is happening in your body that is like different than when it came in anybody you Can raise your hand or wave to me anybody try one more time, let's just pray, you see, you give the Lord another opportunity, there's one time Jesus prayed for a guy twice, all right, so we can at least do it twice and follow Jesus' example, this guy that was blind, he prayed for him, he's like, yeah, I see people but they're like trees, he's like, okay, I'll pray again, actually, he's spitting the guys, anyways, we're not, no spitting allowed, no spitting, we're just gonna pray, go ahead, right now, go ahead, just pray again, another simple prayer, just ask the Lord, Lord, touch this person's body, Lord, do a miracle, Lord, bring strength, bring healing, Anything different? Something they feel like they got healed? And you can raise, wave your hand. If not, it's okay. Don't, please don't fake it. That'd be the worst thing you could do. Raise your hand. Anybody? Hey, awesome. Hey, here's what I'm still really encouraged by: is that you guys took a step of faith to receive prayer for healing, and that you guys prayed. So praise God. And this is our opportunity to say, well, God, we don't have to explain everything away, but we're going to let you be God. Some of you, who knows, you might start feeling better later on today. And uh, some of you, you might not get healed right now. And that's fine. We're going to submit to God and what He's doing. Here's what I want to do to close it out. I'm going to pray for all of us um, just to receive this spirit of boldness uh, and be filled with the spirit of God as we go out this week. I would love for us to be challenged to try out some of these things. I just taught you this uh, today. Try them out this week with coworkers and friends, with restaurant people, with whoever, and um, just minister to people and bless people in the name of the Lord. But if you want to receive just fresh boldness, filling the Holy Spirit to be his witness, then you can just open up your hands, close your eyes. I'm just going to pray over all of us right now. Father, we just come before you and we need the power of your spirit. We thank you that you live and dwell within us. Thank you so much, Lord. But Lord, I pray that your power would fall on us today. But we pray for a spirit of boldness to rest on us. But God, the fear of man would not be a part of our life. That Lord, we when fear comes, we would overcome. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that we would have a sense of your nearness and your closeness and your direction everywhere that we go this week, no burden and pressure, but Lord, we ask for a boldness to come upon us, that we would take advantage of every opportunity that you give us, and we would share your name, we would minister freely to others, we would engage with those around us, and Lord, we confess we need your boldness, and we need the filling of your spirit. So God, would you do that, and Lord, not just for our sake, but Lord, for the sake of everybody in Northwest Arkansas the sake of everybody else all over this region for every uh, co-worker represented in this room god we ask you for their sake would you fill us with your spirit would you give us boldness because you love them so much and you want them to come to know you so thank you god for what you're doing with us and our church family and our church body we receive your grace and we receive your boldness today in jesus name everybody say amen